Blog Talk Radio. It cannot be emphasized strongly enough the beauty, purity, and perfection of who you really are. You are not your illness, your finances, or your loneliness. There's nothing wrong in your life that you don't have the power to correct, and you are unlimited in your ability to tap into that power. Welcome. I'm Janet Richmond, and this is the Higher Self Voice. Well, hi, everyone. I'm so excited about today and about being connected with you all again this week. Um, It's Janet, as you know, and I'm excited because today I can lead off with a lot of questions. Michael and Robin both sent me questions, Michael the most question, and Robin one that really it was so interesting because it tied right in with one of the questions that Michael had. So I'm going to share them with you because I really feel that if these two people have questions, that many of you might have questions. And then I will be getting on to my Sadakis part four, and I think you'll find it pretty interesting and significant. So let me do this question first. I'm, I'm just really excited about having them and, and really want to thank both Michael and Robin for, you know, reaching out. And I encourage anybody else to. So anyway, I'm just, I'm in just such a good place right now. I'm really happy to be doing the show and I'm just going to jump right in. Okay. No, it's ands or buts here. <laughs> All right. First question. I was thinking about the neglecting of our physical bodies because we know we're going to die. But eventually, with the ascension of the physical body, with the ascension, the physical body is also ascended. Do you think we will see any small changes via the ascension in our lifetime in respect to our physical bodies? Or will this happen to future humans toward the end of the new age 2,000 years ago? Well, my initial answer, I want to tell you, Michael, because I know you're listening to the show, uh, was not really right on target. I only answered one small part of the question, and I answered the rest of it this time. It wasn't as much a hurry of a hurry. Okay, so here's what I said to Michael. Okay, the word of ascension is not one the higher self used, and I'm not 100% sure if your concept of ascension is the same as how the higher self had described the graduation of humanities into the interplanetary kingdom of fifth dimension. However, to explain the higher self point of information, the graduation of the humanities into the fifth dimension is done solar system wide. The whole solar system, including the planets, move into the fifth dimension uh, and move together. So there are, as an aside, fifth dimensional planets. The planets that have planets also have souls, and they, uh, when they're ready. Anyway, I'll go into that a little bit later. So anyway, it's not done on an individual basis. When a planet is ready to move up into the fifth dimension, human souls that are ready to graduate also incarnate on the planet to go through the graduation together uh, with the planet or with the solar system. So the way I understand it is that the solar system is going to make that shift in about 2,000 years, our solar system. Also, and this I didn't tell you, Michael, we will see the changes in our physical bodies in this lifetime, even though it's 2,000 years in advance. 
of the graduation. At least this is the information that Joan received and I keep getting. Keep in mind that part of the higher heart consciousness concept that Marius was responsible for unfolding 2,000 years ago was to be the transformation of the physical body while it's alive. This was to demonstrate to the humanities that it could be done. And it was really extremely important process because it was to demonstrate that it could be done because there you have to take your body with you into the fifth dimension. So it would plant the seed, so to speak. It would let the humanities know that it is possible so that as information moved into higher and higher frequencies, the humanities would have had the seed, if it had gone properly, to know that the physical body can be transformed and that it is as important as the soul. So... What happened was, as you know, Marius or Jesus at the time laid aside the body. He died, and then he and then he resurrected. He didn't transform the body while alive. So he was not demonstrating. He did the best he could. He did what he had to work with, et cetera, et cetera. But it wasn't uh, as he's explained it. And if you haven't heard it, listeners, you should go back and listen to Marius's own explanation about what happened with the aborting of that mission. But in any case, um, when you move to the fifth dimension, death isn't a, a viable option anymore. You don't ever lay aside the body again. It stops right here in the human kingdom because heaven is not the final destination. It's the destination between our lives when we lay aside the body. When we die, we move into the human kingdom heaven. And then we return in body when we reincarnate. So, Heaven is actually part of the human dimension, the fourth dimension. And in order to move to the fifth dimension, you have to get to the place of grasping, understanding, and living out of the knowingness that the body is as important as the soul. And then you willingly, consciously move through the graduation process where you transform the body. Humanities do this where they transform the body to a higher, lighter body and, and then move, as I said, as the solar system into the fifth dimensional realm. Now, this brings me to Robin's question, which is very similar to the part of the question I haven't quite answered yet. Uh, uh, Michael's question, she says, what does transforming the body mean? When we do that, rather than die, are we supposed to die a physical death? Well, let me be clear. When we transform the body, we do not die. We do not lay aside the body. We move through a process whereby the body, as I mentioned, goes through, um, gets to a higher, lighter body, and we would continue to live without aging. In fact, the higher selves told me, and this is information I've never, ever given out to you guys. Okay, so you heard it first here. (laughs) <laughs> the higher self told me in my very first reading with Joan Culpepper that I was not going to die, but instead was going to begin the de-aging process at age 49. And this did not happen. And, and for several reasons, two of which I will share here. One, the frequencies 
were not running at a high enough speed as yet, and the, the humanities would not have been able to receive the message of the physical transformation, well, they wouldn't have been able to hear, see, understand the message. They weren't yet ready. The second reason was the planet was in a schism, which I told you about, because the evolutionary frequencies had been building to the point where it was very intense, and the humanities dug their heels in, and they began to resist very seriously the increasing frequencies and the processes of change that come with those. And they were digging in their heels, and it created this tremendous schism. And this really added to uh, the reason why they, it, it was not a good time for me to transform was in the middle of that schism. It just wasn't going to work. So, but the other reason was that I, at the soul level, also decided to delay, uh, even though I didn't understand it at the time. I've actually gotten that information only maybe three or four years ago uh, that I chose at the soul level not to transform into that kind of uh, scenario with the schism going on and where I really wasn't ready yet at the psychological, emotional level, despite the fact, you know, I've been neutralizing for quite a long time. Uh, I wasn't ready. I made that decision at the soul level not to do it at that point. Now, both those issues are not relevant right now. Uh, and I, we've been told that there are going to be, well, anyway, those issues aren't relevant right now. We're not in a intense schism like we were then. The frequencies on the planet are very high, much higher because of the evolutionary frequency. And personally, for me, I've made many uh, strides forward. As you guys know, if you've heard me over the years I've been on the radio, you'll know. Um, and I've also been working because I feel the possibility. I've been working really hard on the aging, illness, death, and dying harder than I've always worked on it since they told us that. But I've been working on a lot harder, I would say, in the last six months to a year. I, who remembers the timing? Anyway, I'm just now beginning to get an inkling that it will happen. Though, until it does, of course, there's no way of knowing for sure. But if it does happen, I certainly know it's not going to be only me. And maybe it will turn out not to be, but it'll be some other people. I don't know. Many fifth dimensionals will be doing it around the globe, and I don't have any idea of the timing. So, yes, we can see, and we will see. I feel at that knowing level, we will see for some people some fifth dimensionals as part of their mission or part of the process of working to bring the higher heart consciousness concept up to its highest purity uh, um, will be demonstrating this in our lifetimes. Again, until it happens, will we ever know? Will we know for sure? But I'm beginning to get a knowingness about it not just, well, maybe, or something like that. I'm just beginning to feel and getting the inkling, and it's getting stronger and stronger that this really will come to pass. Again, timing, I have no idea. Who, I have no idea. And there you have it. And I've never talked about that before on the show. 
So we'll see. Anyway, next question. Do you think fifth dimensionals incarnating with a dual soul nature, since they have to play by the rules of the free will kingdom, does that mean they will also make pre-birth soul contracts, including agreements with others? And I thought this was another great question. And first, uh, yes, the facade soul is running the show, so to speak, here. So it's carrying the free will. And so the facade soul operates like true humans, of course, and with pre-birth, co-creation, etc. cetera. Uh, but it's the facade soul that is doing it, the human part of ourselves, not the fifth dimensional true soul essence. Uh, and then he goes on to say, if so, how would they move from the fifth dimension to the human kingdom other side, or is that necessary? And here's the deal. Once we volunteer to return and take on that facade soul, we have not returned to the fifth dimension in the sense that we have not moved the aspect that was de-intensified down as being held with the facade soul around it. We have not returned that aspect, so to speak, to the fifth dimension. We... When we lay aside the body in each life, now that we're volunteers, we move, we're dual soul nature in body and we're dual soul nature out of body. Now, we are always connected 24-7 to the, to, to the conglomerate soul and body that we have in the fifth dimension. So there's always a connection. And actually, we do work at the fifth dimensional level, whether we're in body or out. We work to help in other ways, not just you know, and we're not conscious of it, at least most of us wouldn't be. Uh, I know it happens, but I can't say that I'm aware, oh, my fifth dimensional aspect is moving out right now and it's helping infuse the concept on planet Y or X or whatever. I'm not aware of it, but I know it's it's actually happening. Um, So in general, as us as volunteers, and I can't say always, because there may be some handful of exceptions, but for the most part, we, carrying the dual soul nature, those of us who volunteered, will not be moving or returning to the fifth dimension until after the evolutionary thrust. That's what, that's my sense of it. Uh, And actually, that evolutionary thrust, or that giant leap forward is what I mean, that's actually, if that happens in 2,000 years or, in, you know, at the end of 2,000 years or give or take, that's actually around the corner compared to what, how long we've been here. But that is the sense of it, that we will return fully to the fifth dimension at that point in time. Reality as we know it will be so completely different than we experience it now on every single layer or level, every dimension every soul. And I talked about that a lot in one, one of these shows. So I'm not going to repeat it here, but the reality is going to be massively different. And I think at that point they, we will not need volunteers. That's the essence of, of what I'm thinking is, is the reason why we get to go back and become part of our conglomerate fifth dimensional soul. And we would all almost immediately <laughs> I don't know how fast these things happen, but we would all be graduating into the sixth dimension once that conglomerate soul is together, is complete, because we can't graduate from the fifth dimension with an aspect here in the fourth dimension. So I hope that makes sense to everybody. 
Another question. So fifth dimensionals are volunteering for the long haul until the graduation of the human kingdom into the interplanetary kingdom. Well, yes, we did volunteer for the long haul, uh, but we volunteered eons and eons and eons ago before Earth was even here. Okay, let me be really clear. All right. It's so long ago that we've been moving around the human kingdom universe. And we have already been on other planets who have graduated into the fifth dimension. We were there in similar capacity that we're here now in helping to prepare the humanities for that graduation process and then helping them through the process. So we've all been part some points here or there in our sojourn of these eons and eons of time where we've done similar type of had similar type of a mission uh, that we have right now. And I know, and I can't remember now, actually, if it's four times I've already transformed the body to demonstrate to the humanities on other planets or five. I don't remember now if it's four or five. So, of course, I have no memory of it, but I have unremembered remembrances. And so hopefully, if I am one to move into the transformational process, hopefully, uh, some of those unremembered remembrances will come through. But all of us, in fact, have done it before. I can't say all. You know, you, you can never use always and all and everything. But most of us have done this before, not only once, but several times. So we do carry the knowledge, the understanding, uh, the knowingness about the process. And we're lucky because we're part, you know, we're part of the evolutionary thrust so that we get the benefit too of these added frequent the frequency increases that are really like that wind at our back and it's really helping us okay so so we aren't waiting to return to the fifth dimension for all the human humanities to graduate just the, we're just dealing with this planet at this point in time um So what happens is when the earth itself, that is also a soul, is ready to make the graduation, then humans that are ready to graduate will incarnate on this planet and will learn about and go through the graduation process, which I've never talked to you about because it's very complex and I don't understand it honestly totally because it came out not in any complete way. You know, like I'll give you a topic and I'll talk about the topic A, B, C, D, all the way to Z. And, you, you you know, you get the full story. It was so piecemeal. She gets some pieces in the from private sessions and pieces in one group or another. And that's how I read it. I read it piecemeal. And so there was always so many holes. I just didn't pull it together. Now, since I've been doing this work, I've never gone back and looked at that material because it was never on the front burner. It was always on the back burner. And maybe when I go back and read the material and now that I could bring in the higher self information on my own, I'll understand it better and whatever holes there are, I'll be able to fill in. But right now, I'm not going to talk to you about the process simply because I don't want to be an idiot, <laughs> the, you know, not, not be able to explain it to you and the clarity you really deserve. So 
But at some point, we will get into that topic, and I will explain to you what that graduation process is. Understand that we've all gone through it already ourselves when we graduated. We've also been on other planets where we have demonstrated at least, uh, in, you know, we've demonstrated the transformation of the body, and we've also helped humanities with their process to go through the, to go through the graduation themselves. So I think I answered that question. Did I? Oh, just just that the when the souls are ready to graduate, they will incarnate on a planet that will, is in that process. And there's there could be dozens of planets around the universe that's ready at the same time as the Earth. It isn't just the Earth that's ready. It could be hundreds or thousands of planets ready at the same time because evolution is going consistently all the time and there's so many billions and quadrillions and quadrillions of souls I know I'm making up those words but you know what I mean so many infinite souls around the universe that they would they need the choice of what planet would be best for them for whatever reason and we need so many planets in order to keep up with the the journey of so many souls so there it isn't just the earth now he said as, um, and the reason it's 2,000 years is because we're accelerating an evolutionary rate that would span normally 100,000 years. And he's correct. The graduation most likely would not be happening in 2,000 years if it weren't for the evolutionary thrust. I think the time frame has sped up because of the thrust. I don't know when it would have happened if the thrust wasn't present. Who knows? Maybe in 100,000 years. I really don't know, but the, I only know, and I don't think it's important to know, that because of the evolutionary thrust, the graduation looks to be in about 2,000 years. And then he says, what's the catalyst this, of the speed? I think you mentioned that source itself was undergoing an overall evolutionary thrust. Is that right? Why? And that's correct. The speed is due to the originating source preparing to make an evolutionary jump forward. It's speeding up its vibratory frequency, and because every single soul is an aspect of originating source, every single soul, now it doesn't matter what level, is speeding up too, because we all carry the pure soul essence. We are all part of the originating source. And here's an analogy. It's a silly one, maybe. But let's say you're a long jumper, and you're, you're at a standstill, and you're preparing to take a long jump. And what do you do? You start to run, and you go faster and faster and faster until you get to the point where you can take that big, long jump. And when you do the faster and faster running, you take all parts of your body with you. You don't leave a few cells or an organ <laughs> behind you. You take every part of your body with you, and your whole body goes to make the jump. So you have the speed up in order to make that jump, and that's what's going on with the originating source, and it's that speed up, that running down the long, you know, whatever pathway that a long jumper would go symbolically, the originating source is doing that speed up in preparation to make its own evolutionary jump. Okay. So, yes, the ex exponential uptick in frequency is because of the evolutionary thrust, 
which is just the term of the fetus. And then the question is, how rare of an event is this? And that uh, that's difficult to know because of the immense infinite age of originating source. But I do know that it is a regular occurrence over the infinite existence of the universe. Um, just so you realize the infinite age of the originating source, the universe that we're aware of and live in is now actually the latest universe, the baby, so to speak. And there have been many before us, though, again, I don't know how many universes and I don't know how many evolutionary jumps, but I do know that there have been these evolutionary jumps over these infinite, infinite eons of time of the existence of, of the originating source. Uh, and it still cre- is creating, still creating new, new universes, so to speak. Okay, is that why Fifth Dimensionals decided to volunteer? Um, not really. Fifth Dimensionals would not have known a specific when we volunteered eons and eons ago. We would not have necessarily known about this coming evolutionary thrust, though we would have known, I feel sure, that there could or would be jumps while they're during their time they were volunteering in the human kingdom. But this specific thrust was probably more just a probability or a possibility or a theory or whatever you want to call all those eons and eons of time ago when we all volunteered. We actually volunteered, not because we knew about the thrust, but because our mission was to help the humanities in their evolutionary process. And maybe you remember that that information, that that's really why we're here, to help with the evolutionary process, to speed it up, to make it more efficient, uh, and uh, help the the process along. And we have certainly done that, so that's a good thing. Now, I don't know if you'd be interested in this question. This was more of a personal question, but I'll, I'll put it out there anyway in case you are. He said, how would you define the higher self now if differently than before you started your own work? And I thought it was an interesting question, and I I thought about it, and I thought about my journey with the whole higher self concept. And what happened was, early on, Joan Culpepper described them uh, like this. She said they were aspects or imprints of ourselves that were left at each frequency level when we sent the aspect, when we volunteered, and we sent the aspect down, out, to take on the facade human soul, we had to de-intensify that soul aspect because if it came into the fourth dimension full on, it would have killed off whatever it touched. So we de-intensified that soul aspect to the point where it could take on the facade human soul without calling, causing any hurt or harm. And Joan described the higher self as the imprints or the aspects of the aspect we de-intensified at each frequency level as it moved its way down. And so in the beginning, I saw it as external to me. She never said it was internal, external, but the analogies or the descriptions were often seemed external. And I think that's where we were conceptually wise. We weren't yet really fully able to take in the idea uh, of anything but external. And you know, I've often talked about that we carry this thing that that all the 
the authority is external to us. We look externally to, to find answers and solutions and saving and whatever we were wanting. And uh, so it was external to me in the beginning. And then as I started my work, uh, well, really even before that, before I started actually sold my accounting business and work, moved into this work full time, but even before that, I started to see the higher self, not just as aspects or imprints, but actually is like a chain link between my aspect here with a facade soul around it and myself in the fifth dimension. So I saw it as a con connection and it was an energetic connection and it was all the same. In other words, it was energetic that we were all one. It wasn't separate kind of entities separate from me. And then at some point, and I don't remember when, it really began, it really began to feel the higher self internally and feel the energy field, the frequencies of energies, the vortex, so to speak. And I did I stopped personalizing them as like people. <laughs> it's really hard to have people picturing people inside you. So um I was, I've been able to unlock from some of the my prior focuses or my prior concepts or constructs of the fifth dimensional. So anyway, I hope that helps. And the last question is, what exactly is the process of laying aside the body? And he said, you promise no stupid questions. And it isn't a stupid question. At all. And I was thrilled he asked because I realized I maybe was not clear that laying aside the body simply meant to die. Or you might have thought that for some reason there was a special process involved in some way. And I think it's because I've just, the higher self used that terminology so often it just became part of my way of thinking about things and maybe it was a little PC, you know, instead of saying kick the bucket or pulled the plug or just plain died, you know, I don't know. They used to just use the term lay aside the body. So I just got so used to it that I didn't really think about that it could imply that there's some other process involved and there isn't. It's just when a soul is ready to lay aside the body in whatever way, it's going to die. That's what laying aside the body is. I think they probably said it, it wasn't that it was PC. It was more, I mean, it sounds sort of PC to us now because the whole PC concept is out there everywhere. Um, but it's, it's more to imply that it's the body that's being laid aside and there's more to you than the body. That doesn't mean that you're gone. It doesn't mean that there's you are no longer in existence. You're just laying aside that part that's the body. And now, you know, you move on into the human kingdom heavens or whatever the situation is. So anyway, so those are the questions. I hope you found them interesting. Uh, again, if you have any more questions, I'm always open. I really know that there are people that are listening that will say, oh, my gosh, I was wondering that, too, but I couldn't eat. You know, I couldn't get around to asking it, or maybe I didn't know exactly how to phrase it, Any anything. There really is no 
ridiculous question or stupid question or unwelcome question. Okay. So this week's topic, it's Paul, and I believe it's the fourth time he came through to us. It feels like it's about the eighth or ninth time. I don't know why, but I just couldn't get the number this time, but I think it's the fourth. Anyway, um, I am, if this came through May of 1987, so we're talking 30 years ago, and Joan did, I do have this, most of the time I have the, her amalgamation, so I am going to start with that as I do. I really don't know what the healing is going to be. I really don't know. So we'll see what happens, whether that will happen or not. Um, I can't imagine. Imagine not at least amalgamating and becoming one with the higher consciousness. And that's probably where I'll start and see if I go anywhere with it, see the higher self take me anywhere. Anyway, so let me begin with Joan. And so I'm going to just ask everyone to find that quiet space if possible. Okay. Take just a few moments in the state of quiet to consciously focus your attention on the light within. As each of you know, this is the symbol for the pure soul essence. And contained within the center, we carry our highest, purest, most perfect point of power. Additionally, it's always important to consciously focus our attention on the fact that we're connected to the totality of all life in all levels, all dimensions. While we're in the center of the pure soul essence, the more we more often we consciously focus our attention on the idea, the more powerful the energy becomes that ultimately will permit us more easily and effectively to tune into the totality of all life. Now remain consciously alert. Allow the light to grow until you stand within its center as I allow my light to grow until I stand within its center. And in this state of centered power, I ask that we be taken into the originating source of all energy. I would like us to become very consciously focused on the idea that in this originating source, at the pure soul essence level, we are home. We are it and it is us. And continuing to remain conscious, I ask that each of us be amalgamated with the totality of our higher selves and with any other higher selves from any realm or direction they care to join with us in this session tonight. I further ask that each of us remain consciously alert, conscious of all that goes on around us, conscious that we can focus our attention on more than one level at a time, that we remain fully conscious and focused on the centeredness, the amalgamation, fully conscious of the information as it's presented. For as we all know, becoming conscious of what we are consciously working with adds a tremendous amount of power and energy and assist in building these force fields of energy into a much more potent vibration than if we unconsciously just move through the energy without taking control of it through consciousness. It is very important to be conscious of all that you are in, all of you are conscious of all that you are in all of the levels that you vibrate within all of the realities. In closing, I ask that each of us receive from the very highest level to understand from the highest, very highest level that we process and manifest 
at the very highest level, the information as it is presented to us. Now, continuing to remain conscious, let us now focus our attention on the symbolic healing circle of light within the center of the room. It's symbolic in that we visualize it as a circle of light and it unleashes a very real energy. Simplistically speaking, it is tended by a group of higher selves who join with us in taking the energy, continuing to consistently feed the energy toward those souls and conditions placed within the circle until such time the energy can be utilized to its fullest. It is very real energy that we activate when we focus on the healing circle. You may now begin to place into the healing circle names, situations, conditions, people that you are aware of where healing and balancing are needed. I would further extend this healing circle to ask that all people involved in the work and research where AIDS is concerned and where other traumatic terminal illnesses are concerned. I ask that all of those be brought into this healing circle. I ask that all souls and all levels who desire to be part of this healing circle be brought in. I ask that each person here, that each person who is a part of the group from the past and the future, both known and unknown, be brought into the healing circle. I ask that all souls on all levels throughout the entire human kingdom universe who desire assistance to come forward, to be brought forward. Please remember the healing circle to contain all who desire to enter it. And now let's concentrate our energy on on sending higher heart consciousness into the healing circle with the understanding that this group infuses into the healing circle whatever is needed and necessary in order to bring balance and harmony and assistance to each individual so placed. They just reminded me that I forgot to put the people in who carry AIDS and other forms of terminal illnesses. And I should also put the people in who are involved in exotic illnesses where a terminal illness may not exist, but there may be long-term kinds of research needed and that sort of thing. We as a group infuse into the healing circle the idea and concept that deals with bringing in whatever is needed and necessary into the soul's frame of reference that will assist the soul in accepting healing and balancing energies. We all know that each soul unconsciously takes from any energy that the soul desires. But once the energy is placed there, it remains in place until such time that soul can and does take it in. So we want to assist those souls in any way possible to give these individuals so placed the option to rethink the conditions they happen to be in, in the bodily or level or the soul level, and in rethinking these conditions to accept this energy as we project it to bring that balance and harmony. Now let us concentrate on higher heart consciousness, for when an individual reaches a point of understanding and partaking of higher heart consciousness energy, that individual can move a long, long way in assisting to recreate the conditions that might be playing out in forms of illness of the body, of the mind, of the outer reality. So let us send this energy collectively into the healing circle, bathing every soul, encompassing every single individual with the energy of higher heart consciousness. Higher heart consciousness allows the individual to begin to move into higher levels of true understanding, true self-appreciation. 
It helps the individual to truly love the self properly. And in doing so, it enables that individual to love all life properly. Higher heart consciousness is a very healing, vibrant, precious energy. Let's continue to focus it on the healing circle. And let us begin to consciously send the energy out into the forest fields of the planet. You remember Marius has asked us to continue to seed the idea of higher heart consciousness. And when we come together to work collectively, we bring a collective consciousness to the energy itself, which greatly empowers it. And now, let us send this energy out to the four fields of all other planets so that the seeds of higher heart consciousness can continue to grow, can continue to lift the vibratory frequency of these planetary systems, thus bringing the idea of proper love of the self and of all life, which carries within it unity and harmony and allows the individual partaking of the energy to more easily acclimate toward the rebirthing of the self into higher levels of evolutionary awareness and understanding. Now let us continue to focus consciously on the healing circle as we move into the informational session of this session, section of this session, remembering that consciousness at all levels is easily available once we reach the point of understanding that this possibility does exist. Sadakis. All right, the entity known as Sadakis, that would be the fifth dimensional designation of the individual we knew of as Paul in the reality of this planet, steps forward and desires tonight to remind us of the necessity of remaining as open and unlimited to the work that we will be doing with Paul and others in conjunction with a higher heart consciousness concept. Remaining unlimited and open to the degree that we do not fall into the trap of placing the individuals as they process through the Wednesday group into the collectively and commonly held notion of biblical scriptures. He reminds us once more how easily the messages can be scrambled and points to the various misinterpretations and misunderstandings as they played themselves out, not only in orthodox scriptures, but in other philosophical texts. And because he is well aware of the fourth dimensional veil and the inability from time to time to move out of the reality of that, it becomes important for us to be reminded at this point in time so that we do not fall into that trap of thinking that we are being guided and directed by the biblical characters as they existed through the scripture, spiritual scriptures. First of all, Paul reminds us that we've already been told that the group on this planet that originally carried the concept of higher heart consciousness, because they were involved in that concept, and because that particular mission was not fully completed, and because that was the last major evolutionary age that played itself out on this planet, it is for these reasons and these reasons only that this commingling of energies and information exchanges takes place. He wants us to remain unlimited by reminding us that there have been many different evolutionary concepts carried on this planet. One carried out by Moses, another by Muhammad, another by Buddha, and many, many others. And how these concepts play themselves out in the outer reality of the planet itself has nothing to do with the, what the message truly was as far as the evolutionary concept 
was concerned. Janet. Okay, what he is saying, that whether it's a major evolutionary concept that was infused or a more minor one, none of them on this planet played out in the purity of the concept. For the same reasons I explained in the shows before doing the series in his own words. And then Marius, too, in part explained why the concept infusions were not carried out in purity here on Earth. So what we understand that these concepts Really, what's written about them, what is explained, whether it's in scriptures or any other kind of um, modality, don't represent the purity of what the concepts truly were all about. And it's important to have this in clarity in order to disconnect our tendency to put, in in our case, these individuals into the biblical structure and confines. It's not to denigrate the scriptures in any way or anything else that whether in written form or verbal form or picture form that is explaining the concept whatever it may be major or minor concept it's not to denigrate them but to clarify that the biblical personas of the fifth dimensionals who played out the higher heart consciousness are not who are sharing the information with us today. Those, the biblical personas, are just that. Caricatures, in a way, in literature. Limited constructs. Limited in the sense that it just they don't represent the totality of who they are. Sadakis. What he's saying here is that it's very, very important for us as a group, individually and collectively, not to fall into the trap of thinking this has anything to do with the Bible or with Christianity. And he reminds us that all of the philosophies that have been carried out through time on this planet have been carried out by different individuals in a foreign body, just as Marius and Paul and the others had foreign bodies. And what we're about here has nothing to do with the Bible, scripture, churches, or any other kind of orthodox Christianity or any kind of orthodox metaphysics. What is orthodox metaphysics? Orthodox metaphysics are simply limited concepts that are held at many metaphysical levels that do not permit the message to be expanded. What he wants to get into with us here, in fact, from time to time, when these quote-unquote biblical uh, characters come through, is Is, the need for our, is our need to adjust our viewpoint and not to view this in a, any sense of the word as a scripture kind of vibration. At one level, he indicates this could be a test for certain types of individuals that might not be consciously. And at this point, Joan breaks in and she says, are you trying to tell me something about myself? And he says, I will do as an example. And then she goes on, she says, in my particular case, because I was raised as an Orthodox Southern Baptist and took in a tremendous amount of input at both the conscious and unconscious level, uh, then now, if I'm not consciously aware of what's going on when these various individuals come through, I might kind of unconsciously be viewing this as a biblical kind of thing. And depending on where I'm coming from, I could see this as a good thing or I could see this as a bad thing. 
So it's important for us to forget any connotation that pertains to the Bible or anything that would prevent us from clearly being able to fully understand what it's all about. Janet. Okay, as you recall, the scriptures were based on many misunderstandings and misconceptions. They aren't reflective of the higher heart consciousness. And to place Marius and the others into a scripture vibration, as the docket says, it means we'll limit our ability to get the full message. The issue is that we all have conscious and unconscious connotations that we associate with things. And it's because of these associations that if we think of this group as the biblical personas, we'll pull in all of our connotations related to biblical ideas or the biblical scriptures, whether they're good or bad connotations. And these connotations limit us to getting the higher information. Now, this is still Janet talking. This reminds me of a similar issue that the higher self brought up through Joan, and I'd like to share that with you now because it might make it a little easier for you to grasp what Sadakis is saying. Uh, when I first met her and attended her groups, she used the term universal source most of the time. She did not use originating source. She also occasionally would use the term God. But a few years in, the higher self Came, you know, came to her or whatever you say, she got the information from her and explained that we'd better to use the term originating source of all there is or just originating source for several reasons. And there are several reasons, but I'm going to explain the one that, that has to do with what Paul, Paul or Sadakis is trying to say. And that is that he said, they said that the term God has so many connotations that it could immediately bias people one way or another. And we all know that when people think of God, some people think of a punishing God or a male God or a female God or a dominating God or a controlling God or a saving God or whatever they think. Those connotations are activated and become part of the viewpoint if the word God is used. Well, it's the same with the term universal force, because in fact, that term is also fairly common in a lot of modalities around, I think, both religious and metaphysical. So so that's one of the things, is that it, it triggers off the connotations that we carry for those words. And to take this a step forward, suppose we use the word Allah or Jehovah. We might feel, as some might feel if we use the word God, that it's a Christian um, orientated information. If we use the term Allah, we might feel it was more of a Muslim, related to Muslim uh, orientation, or Jehovah. We might think it'd be more of a Jewish or uh, Judaic kind of orientation. I don't know, but you see, we might feel there is a bias of the information toward one group or another, and we could either be turned off we could feel left out, or maybe if we're in the group that's using that specific word, we might feel like we're special or elite. So, so the higher selves from time to time would come through and explain this need to, to detach from terms or words that would carry bias or connotation so that those who are hearing the information are not having to deal 
with the bias on top of the already difficult concepts and new concepts that they were bringing forward. So there were other reasons why they didn't, they encouraged us to use originating source instead of universal source or the term God. Not, again, not to denigrate the terms at all, it had nothing to do with denigration, but just the simple concept that this wasn't for one particular group. This information is for the totality of all humanities, no matter where or what philosophy or what religion they happen to be uh, aspiring to. Okay. Stop. He said it could appear that we as a group are pro-Christianity as opposing as opposed to being pro-Jewish, for example. And he wants us to understand that the individuals in this room and the other fifth dimensional known and unknown are pro-life in all forms on all levels. In the form state, it is difficult to unlock all the realities we've known up to this point in time. Reality meaning there are certain avenues of approach that are taken at the orthodox and unorthodox level as far as what certain things mean. These realities are the ones we hold real because we've heard them, we've been told them, or whatever. So what we're involved with here is an opportunity to assist each other without being surprised that Marius and Paul and Peter and Mary and others would accept our help. Again, it's important for us to understand that the assistant comes because of the fact they were involved here carrying out the last major evolutionary concept on this planet. So they are still involved in carrying out that evolutionary concept of higher heart consciousness, using us with our permission as vehicles of expression that will assist them in getting this particular concept moving into a state of purity. This doesn't mean that the collective of this group, meaning Jones group, necessarily has fallen into any kind of trap as viewing this kind of pro-Bible uh, this kind of pro-Bible, pro-Christian kind of influence. He reminds us that as a group, we have, over a period of time, been given information, which has been expanded upon greatly and has assisted us into moving into awakened levels of understanding. And because we have worked with it consistently and over a long period of time, we've not necessarily mistaken, mistakenly taken their information out of context. Janet, my feeling with the statement at the time was that there were many in the group who were handling it well, disconnecting it with the biblical uh, ideas, etc., but that others in the group still had a tendency to connect the higher heart consciousness group to the biblical characters. And that was understandable because it was still new in the process and we've gone through so many lives that even if we didn't have that focus in this life, we would be carrying at the unconscious level. And I really felt it was a subtle way of Paul or Sadakas to let us know that somehow maybe we need to neutralize around this issue. Um, so because we've been indoctrinated over many lives and that indoctrination we still would be carrying. So even though we've been bringing into consciousness great body of expanded information over this many years. We didn't have that immediate tendency, and many of us were not doing it, but 
there was also this possibility that the indoctrination of all those past lives or whatever we went through in this life could be operating maybe some in consciousness, but certainly at the unconscious level. So uh, I remember I did get right into neutralizing that back then. Okay, Sadakis. He says there are several things here that need to be addressed. First, based on the fact that biblical characters do not process through, based on the fact that the biblical characters, in quotes, do process through from time to time to give us information, and that these biblical characters, for the most part, carry a tremendous amount of weight in both metaphysical circles and religious, orthodox religious circles, it becomes so very important for us not to focus on the concepts that they're biblical characters. He says that the fifth dimensional evolutionary message would be greatly discredited by some if it were viewed as pro-Christian or Bible group, and it would place the idea in other areas of some sort of beliefism, depending on the mentalities of the people who are involved. Not the people in our group, the people that you might want to talk to about it, something along these lines. He indicated that it might appear to be assumable for the most part that if you meet someone who's involved in metaphysics and meditation and things of this sort, that this person would be very open to hear certain things that you've received and would understand them to be correct or uh, would resonate in some way. Yet, as Joan says at this point, I have a reluctance to say certain things because it makes me feel like we're appearing to be elitist. And all Paul is trying to say is that this group and the fifth dimensionals, both known and unknown, have access to this information that we've been taking a lot further in the expansion of understanding than the norm. And the norm includes, in many instances, certain types of metaphysical thought and philosophies. As a result of that, the ideas and concepts that are presented may not be acceptable. And Joan says, for example, people would not understand if they sat here and heard us crack jokes with Marius, because Marius is Jesus in this reality, is the guy in the pedestal. And so... There are reasons for us not to unlock, there are reasons for us to unlock from all of the ideas and concepts that this is anything other than fifth dimensionals that are processing the information. And we have to be careful of taking this out, even to certain types of metaphysical people, because it might appear to be the work of, quote unquote, children of darkness. Paul says to me, the next time you go home and go to church with your mother, make an appointment with a pastor of that church and sit down and tell him about Marius as he's revealed himself to the group, and he will view you as a tool of Satan. And Joan says, and I agree, yes, that's true. And Paul says, go where there's some metaphysical philosophies being discovered, discussed, and sit down and tell them that karma is only a habit that can be broken. And they will tell you, you are incorrect, and that is not true. Tell them that he tell them about Marius and how he revealed himself to this group. And they might also tell you, you're a tool of Satan. So what we're getting to here is the concept here is that until the time is very, very ripe, they will continue to work with us 
as long as we stay unblocked from the idea that we are a Christian-oriented, biblical entity type of group with all that implies. They will continue to work with us. We will continue to work with them, and they can greatly assist us. And Paul reminds us, just look at what happened with Marius. Marius was speaking the truth of the higher frequencies, and this was one of the, the things that got the mission aborted. They couldn't deal with it. The people on this planet have not yet reached the point of being able to handle the information. He says that many still feel at the very misunderstood level that Jesus was the Son of God. Janet. Okay, this was so true back then. But now I personally can feel the big difference in the energy. Remember, it's now 30 years later, and we've had the great benefit of the evolutionary thrust. I can feel that now the information can be given out, though not everyone certainly will resonate with it. Now we can share it. But I still recommend that we be discerning as to who we share it with. It is the great shift in frequency was in part why I started talking about the whole fifth dimensional thing as of the beginning of 2016. I've always had this information for 30 plus years, but I didn't talk about it. And you all know, if you look at my my prior shows for seven years, I didn't talk about it. But in December of 2015, when I felt I could bring it forward, it wasn't that uh, only that I was ready, but it was also that because of the increase in frequency that the information could move out and be received. I also knew, and this is why I always address you all as fifth dimensional, that this information is drawing in at this point in time for the most part those carrying the dual soul nature. Because keep in mind, we're being awakened first. Every soul is being awakened. But we are sort of leading the fray because we are going to have to become the role models and the pioneers to facilitate the awakening for the humanities. So this information, the fifth dimensional present on the planet, are ready for this information. And for the most part, that's who comes in and listens. Anyway. Keep in mind, though, I don't have a huge following, but it is exactly what it is, and it will continue to grow as it has been, and eventually more um, highly evolved humans will also tune in. By that time, though, I feel like many of us will have been awakened to the point where they're going to be, it's just going to, I don't know. I see the expansion just having, happening at some point. There's sort of a slow build, and then it speeds up like everything, and then it's just out there. So we'll see. Anyway, Sabacus. Now, the philosophy related to Jesus is a very limited philosophy that pertains to a very limited group of people. However, there are many philo- other philosophies on the planet that have been carried out as evolutionary concepts through real people that have been just as misunderstood and just as miscarried out. And the point is that we have to be centered, involved in the very highest level of expansion that we're able, so that we are able to move toward, that we are able to move toward at any point in time, remaining unlimited with the reality rather than to base it on what we believed it to be as it pertains to the last evolutionary concept. 
as it pertains to the Buddha frequency or the Muhammad or Moses frequency. We have to be able to remain in the state of expansion and not let the reality of what we've been told, seen, and heard have anything to do with what it is that now we are moving toward. It's important, again, to understand that this group has, taken information, has been taken informationally into some very expanded levels. It's important to understand this is not a statement that has been made in order to create within this group, collectively or individually, any idea or concept that we are better than. Paul reminds us that the only reason that we've worked long and hard and volunteered to be back and be part of the volunteer process is to be wakened from time to time. Crucial kind of vibration that we're in right now on this planet. Not crucial in any kind of doomsday manner, but crucial insofar as the purity and the clarity of the information as it flows from those higher levels. So the quote-unquote biblical characters will continue to work with us as we continue to work with them, assisting them in fulfilling more completely the mission that they were in to work on. One hand washes the other. But we should view these information, these individuals as they process through from time to time in exactly the same way they view us. He says that we should view them as fifth dimensionals not in body as they view us as fifth dimensionals in body. The process was 2000 or so years ago of carrying the energy through the bodily form. So they know what we go through, even probably more clearly than ever at this point in time. But the focus of the information and the focus of the individuals that present the information should not be placed on what happened or didn't happen 2,000 years ago. It doesn't matter what the name was. It doesn't matter what came out of that, except as it pertains to having now to get to work again to recreate and bring that higher heart consciousness in. Our focus of attention should be on working jointly individually as equal with no focus of attention on who or what or where, not taking it out and presenting the ideas and concepts to people who are not yet ready to accept it. Again, protecting the integrity of our group simply by being discerning about who the information is given to. Janet, again, remember this information came out 30 years ago. The energies are so much higher now. I still think caution is a good approach now in the sense that we don't just assume that everyone would be ready to hear about something. It's extremely important to discern and not assume that one who is metaphysically oriented is necessarily going to grasp the ideas and concepts, particularly if they're taken out of concept uh, with one or two or three ideas. Paul is recalling to my mind the night the fifth dimensional came forward who was working the dark side of the evolutionary path as testers and tempters. And the fact that if you attempted to go out in the world and say, hey, you know what, Wednesday group, the other night a Lucifer element came and talked to us. You know what kind of situation that that could create. Janet, for those of you who have listened to the the show since I started in January 2016, you would know exactly who the testers and tempters are. If not, you may very easily misunderstand these statements Exactly the way Sadakis is suggesting might happen if we go out and talk about the information without those who are hearing it having context. 
they would most likely misunderstand the statement. For those of you who are just tuning in, I'm going to explain in a nutshell. But I do want to encourage everyone to go back and to listen to the series I did on the testers and tempters. It's interesting to say the least. But in short, though, when the call went out for fifth dimensional volunteers to return to the human kingdom, there were two sets of volunteers. One set to work the side of light and the other set to work as testers and tempters. The second set were to return to test individual humans as they made their journey through their own individual evolutionary process to make sure as they took each step forward that they were firmly on that step and the the testers and tempters would move in and test them on that step. If they were firmly, firmly on that step, they would continue forward. If they were not, they would continue to process until they got that step on a firm foundation. These volunteers, the testers and tempters, returned veiled. Their own pure soul essence was shielded so that they had made this journey for eons and eons and eons of time in the darkness, not knowing of their own light. That's what Paul meant when he said working the dark side of the evolutionary path, not dark as in bad or evil, but dark as in veiled to their own light. The general term for these testers and tempters, as the higher self explained, was Lucifer element. And as you would understand, the biblical term of Lucifer carries serious connotations of evil or bad. The term here, as used by the higher self, described the fifth dimensional carrying the dual soul nature, just like you do, working the path of light, their job was as essential and as important, but they are working veiled. The term Lucifer element was used. Again, if that term was taken out of context, there would be tremendous misunderstanding. Sadakis. So, we're not a biblical group. What we're doing has nothing to do with being aligned at that level. We are aligned in a state of oneness with the idea of assisting and being part of their respect and compassion and assistance for all life forms in all levels, in all dimensions. Okay. (laughs) And with that, that ended Paul's message. And I hope you all understood it well. I, I thought it was pretty well explained. But again, if you have any questions, please, you know, I have so much context, much more than I've been able to share with you all, so that sometimes what I don't take the time to explain something well enough or at all, and it leaves you totally confused. <laughs> so I totally get it. You can always email me, Janet at JanetRichmond.com, and I will get back to you just as I've gotten back to Michael and Robin. And I do want to thank again both Michael and Robin for the questions. And Robin is, has been listening, and I'm not sure that she, I think you tuned in just after I mentioned that I was, I, I don't know if you heard the questions that you asked. But anyway, I, I want to thank both of you for those questions. They were great. Now, I don't know yet what I'm doing next week. 
Uh, I have been so incredibly busy over the last couple of weeks. I have not had time to go ahead. It will be, I, I have a feeling it's going to be Paul and Sadakis again, but I'm not sure. I know it won't be Mary or Peter, so it's going to probably be Paul, Sadakis, or Marius. I'm not sure, but I will be spending the next few days really trying to get that straight, and I will have it, of course, ready for you all. We have a big job to do. I think you're getting that idea. <laughs> we have a big job to do, and it really has to do with the bringing in of the higher heart consciousness, bringing it up into the higher frequencies, um, empowering the four fields of energy with feeding them with this higher frequency, bringing it out and offering it to all the souls so that those who are ready to partake of it will partake of it. There are many higher selves that are manning the energy that continually offer it until the soul, various souls are ready at the individual level to take in whatever energies they are uh, ready for. But that higher heart consciousness is a big one because it carries the proper self-love. And when you love yourself properly, you can more easily move into the higher levels of conscious awareness. Very, very important. So, I'm really in my private sessions, and I will be doing it right now. We will do a healing, utilizing the higher heart consciousness. For myself, I'm continually bringing it in, and there are some things that have shifted for me, and I will share them with you when the process is a little bit more unfolded. Right now, it's not unfolded, but part of it is this, this getting a sense that there will be the transformation of the body. Again, whether it's my body or not, I don't know. Uh, but I'm not invested in it happening one way or another. I'm not locked into how it's going to unfold, and I really recommend that for all of you. It would be easy to get so excited and think, oh, I'm going to transform, you know, whatever. And But it's important to understand that however it unfolds, will be the exact right way, and that no matter what, we are all helping it to unfold, however it is going to be unfolding. So with that, I'm going to ask that each of you, again, refocus on, if you've moved away from the consciousness of that reality, I want you all to refocus on the pure soul essence and spend some very um, focused moments feeling it expanding it, being it, experiencing it, and moving it in through and around the totality of who you are, the soul-mind-body, the fifth-dimensional part of you, the true soul-essence, calling in, becoming one with the higher self. And as a group, we want to become one with the conglomerate higher self. The conglomerate higher self is the totality of this group. And the quote-unquote biblical characters have moved in. They are also joining their energies with us, fifth dimensional, working together to complete the incomplete or the aborted mission. We are working to move this higher heart consciousness concept into the higher state of frequency to bring it to this planet and to the entire universe uh, wherever it is needed and necessary 
And so as one, as a conglomerate, uh, dimensional energy, very powerful. I'm going to ask everyone to really focus on the higher heart consciousness energy. You can see it, feel it, experience it, imagine it, moving out of your heart center, filling the, I'm saying it's filling the central space, which is where the conglomerate higher selves are, only because I feel like we, we provide it for the higher selves and they will be facilitating moving this higher heart consciousness energy wherever it needs to go in the astral plane around to all the various planets throughout the universe, etc. So I'm seeing the flow of the higher heart consciousness energy moving into the center. If we think of ourselves, you know, sitting on that symbolic wheel that I used to talk about all the time, but it's just always there now. I don't, don't speak about it, but we're all in a symbolic circle. We're all equal. The um, many other higher selves from other realms and directions have come to join with us, and I see this conglomerate energy in the center now filling from the heart center with this higher heart consciousness energy, and this conglomerate energy field is now growing and moving to encompass the totality of all that are present, uh, past, present, and future listeners. It's continuing to grow to encompass the totality of all the souls that we have ever uh, known of or do know of that need help in whatever manner. Uh, It's similar in the manner that Joan talks about with the healing circle. This energy is being presented to each and every soul around the planet. It is moving into the astral planes. It is moving into the universe. The higher selves are uh, just doing an incredibly powerful um, job, (laughs) I have to say. They're just moving it so everywhere. And I want us just to continually pulse that higher heart consciousness out, enhancing the seeds we've already planted and that have been planted many years ago and that are planted by other groups. Keep in mind, it's not just us. Whatever group is out there, and this is a big world and many big worlds out there, there are other groups that are working um, at this level because our mission is to be awakened. Our mission is to facilitate the Um, movement of the higher heart consciousness energy into the purity of uh, that it it carries. And so there are many out there. It's not just one person or one group. And so we are working at this very huge conglomerate level. I want to infuse into this energy the idea and concept that the souls that are receiving the energy or are hearing the call that they have the desire we want to infuse the desire to take in the energy the desire to be healed the desire to be balanced the desire to process into uh, higher levels of evolutionary awareness or evolutionary process Uh, we we ask that the desire the motivation to receive these energies be infused right alongside so as the energies are presented or as the call goes out the desire goes out as well and it will aid in the attracting in 
and the souls, and it will also aid those souls to um, facilitate taking in the energy. So, because they're, I'm, you know, it's just interesting because I, I feel that some souls aren't motivated to heal. Maybe they're so so okay in their lives, and they've had had a lot of workarounds, and they feel fairly safe or secure in whatever their environment is, even though they need deep healing or they have a lot a long way to go in their journey, they don't have the desire. Now we're talking not talking about souls maybe that are deathly ill or something like that, but souls that have a normal or average or a okay kind of life may not have the desire to do anything about it, to move forward in any way. And that's what comes up for me right away that this desire really will help those souls to facilitate their movement forward to encourage their movement forward if you have the motivation whoa we go a long way with motivation so i feel that's uh, definitely coming into play and the higher styles are indicating and, and actually it was interesting because i saw another wave or a wave of souls that came in when we Put out that desire. So it felt like it was an important piece. Uh, I, and I know Joan said it something along those lines in her her opening. And uh, I think it just is a very important piece of that is to help so many souls that don't really, not only are not motivated, but also there's another element here in the higher styles are explaining it to me. They have a desire, maybe, but they don't know what to do about it. And so we want to put into this uh, energy field the the concept that they can partake of this energy, that it is present and is there, that can help them. And whatever that kind of understanding is, and it would go in at the conscious level, but I see another wave of souls coming in because as I'm talking this idea is going out you know sometimes we might have a problem we have no idea where to turn and it's like that at the unconscious level at the soul level for for many souls they they have a problem they they want help but they don't know where to turn the concept isn't there they don't understand about these divine energies they they don't hold on to those um, possibilities or those possible solutions. So we just put that concept out there that there is help and that they can partake of the help from the divine energies and another wave is coming in. Okay. This is just a very interesting way that this is unfolding. Um, okay. Okay. There's another concept and that is the concept of hope. There are many souls out there that do have very serious illnesses or very serious um, situations or conditions like subsistence living, for example, or they're part of the parts of countries or nations that are in continual state of war or uh, they're in a very, um, you know, they're in a state of starvation because there's never enough food. And these, many of these souls have lost hope. They don't have the hope um, that there is anything that can be do, done. They don't search, seek and search. Seek and search. They've given up. And so now we want to put into this energy field 
that is being sent out, the divine hope. It's very powerful energy. And basically what the energy says is no matter where you are in your process, there is always help, 100%. Even if you are on deathbed, there is hope for you at the soul level to take in the energy and make a step forward in that moment, the next moment, the next moment, the next day, the next life, the next whatever. So there's always hope. And that as that call comes goes out, that hope is bringing in a whole nother level, a whole nother slew, a whole nother legion of people. Those who had given up all hope, those who felt doomed, those who felt lost, those who felt, you know, fated to, you know, never get out of their situation, whatever the, the situation was. And so this, this, energy of hope is absolutely pulling in just a huge amount of souls. It's actually kind of upsetting for me to see the legions coming in, drawn in by hope because they had none before. It just tells me how many souls there are on this planet and and all over the universe that feel so completely hopeless. And the higher selves are indicating we now need to infuse this energy with the uh, this energy field with the energy, the divine energy of divine faith. Divine faith, if you've heard me before, and divine hope always go together. Divine hope is first infused for all that is hoped for, and divine faith is the energy that brings into manifestation all that is hoped for. So I now see the divine faith moving out and becoming one with the divine hope energy and helping to bring into manifestation all that those people who were so felt so hopeless were starting to feel hope for. And so they work together, and it's very powerful. Um, never done this exercise in any way, shape, or form like this before, but it is, it's just a beautiful thing. It's as if there is a sense of salvation here, and I almost don't like to use that word because, again, it's often biblical in nature, but the sense of being saved or um, seeing the light in such an incredible way, it's just just mind-boggling, guys. And I just thank you for being part of it. I thank you for the energy field. That, that we've created. I'm just so appreciative of this show. And, you know, we're never going to really know, I don't think, maybe in time, as we've awakened more and more, we will actually know some of the souls that get the help. But right now, it's just anonymous. We don't know. But I can see energies. It's so real. It's so big. It's so amazing. The higher selves want us to, again, uh, 
bring in the consciousness of infusing this energy field with higher heart consciousness. The more we do it, as I keep saying, the more we do it, the more it is enhanced, the more it is uh, we're building on the seeds that have been planted over the times. And they want us to, again, continue to move that in. I personally would like to put in um, the divine material balance. It feels so essential, especially for those of us on this planet. Uh, the higher selves are indicating that this is also very viable and very important on all planets. So they are certainly in agreement that we begin to process into this energy field. Divine material balance. And divine material balance is simply energy that helps us materialize from the abstract to the concrete. Now it might play out through financial reasons. Um, but it's certainly not limited to that. It's manifesting, materializing from the abstract to the concrete, whatever is in the abstract. If you have a dream or a passion, if you have a gift or a talent, or you have a, uh, you know, uh, whatever you have that's only at the conceptual level, that energy helps us materialize into our outer reality always in a state of purity and balance and harmony in the highest ideal it helps us materialize it and so it's a very powerful energy it's one that everyone on this planet is in need of to bring in the balance uh, between the material and the spiritual for example the balance in the balance in relationships the balance between the male and the female nature that we carry within the balance of everything to materialize that balance in the highest ideal. It will not materialize something we don't want, something that will do us harm, ever. So I'm putting that energy in, and I do feel another slew, legion of souls coming in to partake um, that as each energy moves in, it's almost as it pulls puts out its own unique call, like you hear in those colonies of penguins that have hundreds of thousands of penguins, but each penguin has its own unique call so that when the one of the pair has gone out to get food, return, they call to each other to find each other. And these, you know, hundreds of thousands of penguins that look exactly alike. And it's the same with these energies. When we infuse them into this, the field, when we move these divine energies into this conglomerate, intense, beautiful way, it puts out this call, and each energy carries its own unique signature. And it speaks to the souls that are ready and needing and wanting those that particular energy. And this is one of the reasons why we, we individualize these divine energies. They're all divine energies, and they're all part of the white light so to speak, that symbolic white light that we carry. Just like light itself goes through a prism and you see that the, the elements of it are, are the colors. When it's not going through the prism, you don't see the colors and the divine energies are all, the white light is all, the divine, symbolically, all the, the divine energies. But when we activate each individual energy, it puts out that unique signature and it speaks to the souls that come in because they're ready to, 
partake of that energy. And so that's what's happening when we do that and we individualize the divine energies. If there's any one of you out there that really wants me to work with one of the divine energies, either one that I have spoken of or one that you have come up with, because there's so many and I come up with a new one every week or four, you know, it just depends. Sometimes they seem to come in a sort of a slew of them and sometimes not, you know, it's two or three months go by and I don't get one and then, then I'll get three. So any one of you could have gotten some. If you want to share any of that, you can always email me. But meanwhile, this energy thing is just pulsing out. Fifth dimensional, joining in one accord, at one with the pure soul essence, moving these energies out at this very expanded, pure level, connecting and working with the higher self from every realm and and direction, our own higher selves included, facilitating healing, all around the planet and the universe. The higher selves are indicating that there is no need to put the cocoon of energy around, that the the process is so working so hard now, and there's so many souls that are involved in it that have given permission that the process is, is absolutely ongoing on its own. We don't have to put the cocoon around to ensure that it's ongoing. Um, and... So, okay, they're indicating that if there's any individual soul that needs some acclimation help, that they will be given that independently, and we don't have to worry about that, that the higher selves are working with those souls that are giving permission, and they know when permission is given, and they can't trespass, as you know. So, um, with that, I'm sort of leaving the healing and the pulsing of this energy field just uh, becoming, it, it's just this pulsing. I, it's so big. It's so huge. It's so epic. It's so significant. And I really want to thank all of you for being part of it. I really do. I really love the show. And I had an opportunity to cancel today, and I just said no. By opportunity, I mean there's this other thing that's going on, but this is such a high priority for me. You all are such a high priority. It's so important because we're doing some really good work, even though we can't turn around and say, oh, yeah, we helped that person and that person. You know, we don't have those kind of, you know, there's, but it's, you know, we don't have proof, so to speak, but we don't need proof. I don't know about you because it's just we know and we're helping ourselves. I'm helping myself and I know each and every one of you are helping yourself. It's just, it's just so perfect. I don't know how to say it, but it's so perfect. Anyway, I really love you guys and I'm still feeling the energy process. It's really wonderful, beautiful, um, and I wish you a wonderful week. Again, I'm not sure what's coming next week, but it will be another in his own words. And this series will continue until I no longer have the quote-unquote biblical characters to, you know, speaking to us. 
but um, they'll be, you know, then I'll unfold it into another another series. If anybody has any preferences or ideas of what you want me to have a series on, you know, you can always share that with me. We're in this together, okay? All right, guys, until next week, have a wonderful week wherever you are. All the best. Thank you for listening to Janet Richmond and the Higher Self Voice. Visit Janet's website at JanetRichmond.com to view all of her upcoming events or to buy her book, Choices, Neutralizing Your Negative Thoughts and Emotional Blueprints.